From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, October 27th. COVID-19 vaccine booster shots are now available in Grand County. Anyone who previously received the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine is eligible for a booster if they're over 65 or 18 and up with underlying medical conditions or if they work in a high-risk setting. In those cases, if you're 18 and older, then you're also eligible for a booster. And it needs to have been six months since your second shot. Braden Bradford of the Southeast Utah Health Department, he says it's six months to wait for a booster if you've received the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine, but it's two months for anyone 18 and up who received the one-shot Johnson & Johnson. If your initial shot was Johnson & Johnson, then anybody 18 and older is eligible for a booster shot after two months. So it's really encouraged for for all of that, that group. Bradford says there's been significant interest in vaccine boosters in Grand County. The health department sent out an email over the weekend alerting the public that they are now available to certain populations, which drove a lot of traffic to their website. He says right now, 60% of Grand County is considered fully vaccinated. And, and that's not even including those that are not yet eligible. The, the county as a whole is almost 60% uh, fully vaccinated, which is great. But the Southeast Utah Health District as a whole, that's Grand, Carbon, and Emory counties, is about 48% fully vaccinated, which Bradford calls disappointing for public health reasons. He says the most difficult population to reach are 20 to 40-year-olds. He's not sure why this is the case, but... I, I suspect a few things. One, they have less of a history with how successful vaccines have been in successfully moving public health to where it is now. I haven't been through these where where everybody really has to get on the same page and, and say, we are all doing this for the good of the whole, even though this may not be my first choice. I recognize that it's it's a good thing. Bradford wants to remind people that the vaccine does not prevent COVID, but it will significantly reduce the risk of dying from COVID, which is an important public health intervention. As long as we can not burden our our hospital system or, you know, unduly burden our families or, or anything like that, then it is a successful measure. To check your eligibility and sign up for a vaccine booster in Grand County, visit seuhealth.com. We'll also include this information in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. Western states are suffering from a lethal surge in overdoses of the synthetic opioid fentanyl. Bert Johnson with the Mountain West News Bureau has more. The crisis took longer to arrive here than in other parts of the country. In northern Nevada, fentanyl use had been steadily growing until it spiked over the last six months. According to law enforcement, it's now the second deadliest drug in Washoe County. Further east in Colorado, overdose deaths from synthetic opioids more than doubled last year. Danica Pierce is a clinical social worker with Northern Nevada Hopes, a nonprofit health center. She says COVID is partially to blame because people in recovery were suddenly cut off from services and 12-step programs. And then you have people who are isolated, people who, you know, lost their jobs. And, you know, the number one reason why people relapse is boredom. Pierce says she's also seen higher numbers of new drug users. 
Fentanyl is increasingly showing up in other drugs, too. New Mexico has the region's largest problem with opioids. They caused about two-thirds of overdose deaths in 2019. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Burt Johnson. Lining homes with solar panels is not usually what comes to mind when creating affordable housing projects in rural communities. But designing homes that can produce their own power is one way to keep utility bills close to zero. KVNF's Stephanie Malterich has more about how one community collaboration created the first net zero affordable housing project in Colorado. About a dozen workers keep warm by hammering nails and sawing wood on a cold fall morning in Basalt, Colorado. At first glance, the site looks like an average construction site, but it's far from typical. It's Colorado's first rural net zero affordable housing project. We can have affordable housing, but it's truly affordable if you can manage the utility costs. Gail Schwartz is the president of Habitat for Humanity Roaring Fork Valley. She started working in affordable housing in Aspen over 40 years ago. Her most recent project, Basalt Vista, is located behind the high school near the center of town. Net zero homes produce on average the amount of energy they consume. Our homeowners are basically paying the connection charge to the utility and otherwise providing their own energy and all electric, all in. Heating, cooling, washing, it's a pretty remarkable concept that you can control utility costs through this on-site generation. Dodson Harper is a principal engineer with Resource Engineering Group in Crested Butte, Colorado. His team designed the systems that offset energy for the Basalt Vista project. He says historically, affordable housing projects prioritize keeping building costs as cheap as possible. But that's starting to change. His company is currently advising a handful of other net zero projects across the state. If you're trying to build housing for people who can barely afford to live in a place, having them have zero or extremely low utility bills is a win-win. It's good for the environment and it's easier for the people to live there. Harper says net zero homes cost more to build, so it's hard to make them affordable. But it's hard to put an exact price on how much more expensive net zero homes cost to build. Jake Israti, Basalt Vista's program manager, estimates the project will cost 15 to 20 percent more than a traditional build, even though going all electric saved his project money in many places. I think it's really important to find the rebates that are offered to everyone, not just Habitat. you got to check with your utility and see uh, what kind of rebates you can actually get in, in order to make it affordable. This is my daughter's room, and then we have the downstairs bathroom. Jeremy Duncan moved into his family's four-bedroom townhouse in Basalt Vista just over a year ago. Duncan works in the IT department for Picking County, and his wife is a history teacher at Aspen Middle School. They've lived in the Roaring Fork Valley for 13 years, and housing has always been a challenge. The housing market, it's tricky when, you, you know, there's the haves and the have-nots. You know, we just weren't quite at the point where we could compete in the normal market, you know. Prior to purchasing their home, the couple, along with their two kids, lived in a 600-square-foot apartment owned by the school district. With two kids in a cramped apartment, the couple asked themselves, should we stay or should we go? But they wanted to remain in the community they've been contributing to for over a decade. Now, Duncan is thankful for the space, and he enjoys seeing the energy his family produces and saves. There's the water tank. Everything's fully electric, right? Mm -hmm. So everything's running on electric, no gas. And the thing is, is we were able to see what a house that's run on full electric, what that bill looks like without credits. It's what you would expect, right? And then 
we started generating credits. So pretty quickly, the, the minute the, the sun came out, that started balancing against our output or what you're banking versus what you're using. Basalt Vista is unique. It's a partnership between Roaring Fork Valley School District, Pitkin County, and Habitat for Humanity. The collaboration pooled resources to subsidize each house. That is how this has been made possible, is through the partnerships, and I would encourage anyone looking at a project like this because there's a vested interest in these groups in wanting to uh, house their workforce and, and house people in their community and stabilize families. Schwartz and her team are proud to be the first rural net zero affordable housing project in Colorado. Other communities aren't far behind, though. Breckenridge, Telluride, Carbondale, and Summit County are working on their own net zero affordable housing projects, made possible by a similar process. Various entities working together to create housing that is both affordable and a win for the environment. Reporting for KVNF and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Stephanie Maltrich. This story is part of a collaboration between the Solutions Journalism Network and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, highlighting affordable housing solutions across the Mountain West. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, October 27th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.